you ever had one of those moments where, where somebody says, I've got a friend and you need to meet them? You ever you have that and you go, uh-oh, what does that mean? And, and, and you, 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 sometimes you're scared. You're like, well, what is, you know, okay, why do I need to meet them? And when you have a lot of friends, that happens a lot, where somebody says, oh, I've got so-and-so, you need to meet them. And they've got this great vision that you're going to be best friends, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, you ever had that one? That happened to me this week. And uh, somebody says, I've got these people I've known for 40 years, and they're, they're missionaries, and you've got to meet them. I said, oh, okay. And they're only here for like a week. I said, oh. And they'll drive all the way up from Riverside just to meet you. And I'm going, this sounds like a bad blind date. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. But in my mind. But uh, so so I I reached out and, and connected with with some some new p- some people and um, they drove up to from Riverside to meet and you know I mean on, honestly there's you know when when you have a church as missionaries lots of people and they they want to come and sometimes we even get phone calls hi you don't know me but I want to come and speak at your church and and um, and so we but but they came and and our hearts were just knit together and we spent you know I was really busy yesterday and I thought we'll spend about an hour together we spent three. And um, come to find out, uh, he's, he was raised uh, in running springs in the 60s and 70s. Um, and she's from South Africa, which I just, just love. I've got a heart for the never been there, but I've got another from South Africa, so I just love the country. And now I've got two friends from South Africa. And, you know, he, his dad used to service the 76 stations. Who goes all the way back to the 60s and 70s up, up here? A few of you. Okay, so the 76 stations, and he used to bring, he, he came up here and knew the area. Then we find out that he, we had common people. We knew Ira Fox, who was Shan's father, stepdad. He knew of him. And, and anyways, we began to, to just talk and, and fellowship, come to find out they're part of a mission organization, Elim Fellowship that we were connected with many, many, many years ago with Costa Dier, and just, you know, it just kept going connection, 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 connection. Um, and so I asked if they would stay the night. They didn't even have a hotel, so we, uh, we called Brian Taylor and the Taylor and says, can you have some strangers stay with you guys tonight? <laughs> and we, we put them in there and, and just asked if they would come and share. They're missionaries to Andorra. I always say Andorra, Spain, but it's actually its own little providence. It's its own country of about 88,000 people. They spent over 20 years in Argentina as missionaries. They've been missionaries for uh, more than 40 years or about 40 years now. And for the last number of years, they're going to share a lot of this. They've been in a place called Andorra. Now, if this uh, is accurate, Steve, um, I went online to check out the demographics. About 88,000 people population of Andorra. And the website I was looking at said that there are, catch this, as far as evangelical Christians, 88,000 population, the evangelical Christian population, according to, to this website, 310. And so they are in a great field to preach the gospel. Um, there's a lot of Catholics. The Catholic Church, though, I think is diminishing over there. Um, a lot of Europe is finding the, the, Muslim, uh, the Muslim faith is growing. The Christian church is, uh, is falling way behind. Anyways, so our hearts were in it together, and I just asked him to come and, 
and just share whatever God puts on his heart, introduce himself. Um, so this, we're going to give a warm welcome to Steve and Annette Horning, all the way from Andorra, Spain. Well, I'll start first. <laughs> um, we know strangers because we're all in the kingdom, and the Lord is so good. He's so wonderful. And I just want to share with you that uh, I was only 19 when I gave my heart to the Lord. And I, you know, the Lord, he, maybe you've heard this, but he writes, God makes a script for each one of us, uh, for our lives. And then he uh, let us act it out. But he gives the Holy Spirit and Jesus as the director of my script. And so I start to walk with the Lord. And you know, the Lord makes darkness into light. And he uh, makes crooked paths straight. And then the Lord gives us so much to walk in his ways. But I want to tell you that uh, it's now 40 years, but the first seven years when the Lord brought us together, uh, I was just uh, one, two years in the Lord, and I said to the Lord, I don't want to just stay in South Africa. I want to go all over, and I want to share you with everybody. And it was not very long after that I met Steve in Montreal, and we were married about seven years, and I went uh, I fell away from the script that the Lord gave me. And I became uh, not very good. I became a nag and a hag and a bag. And I wanted to change Steve uh, and my first seven years of the Lord. So, you know, you, the Lord wants to make our path smooth, he says, because of our enemy. And, you know, the enemy wants to destroy us. And he would do that first because the Lord brought us together to serve him together. And so I kind of grew cold in my heart. And because of criticizing, wanted to change him. And then I um, didn't read my Bible anymore. And I was on the mission field. But you know what? When he said, I'm, we're going to get separated. And that was such a shock to me. So I went and spent eight hours with the Lord to come back to the Lord and ask him to show me because I didn't want this to happen to us. And then the Lord started to show me. And you know what? The first thing that the Lord told me to do, because I needed to know how much he loves me and how much to love myself. I wanted to be happy. And then the first thing the Lord told me to shut my mouth. I could not say one more word to him. And you know who's, who had the influence in my life? It was Sarah and Esther because they went and they were quiet even though their husbands uh, was wrong. And so the Lord broke me and he made my path smooth again. And I got free from Steve because he was not attached to me and I was so happy and the Lord bind us together and we were able to go to um, Europe. It's a very hard um, grounds to, to sow the seeds and the Lord uh, helped us because we are so one in the Lord. The Lord changed me completely and I want to tell you that is the hardest thing that women 
have to do is to shut their mouths. <laughs> Don't you try to change your husband. It's not worth it. <laughs> anyway, the Lord has blessed us so, so greatly. And it was a blessing when we met uh, Didi again. And we met your wonderful pastor. Um, we, I think we spent four hours. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we had so much to share. And I just thought, wow, how wonderful heaven is going to be. Anyway, bless you. We love you. Amen. Boy, the Lord gave me the right, the right wife, didn't he? Because <laughs> some of us men are hardheads, aren't we? Um, I love your pastor. Just felt like I knew him all of my life after I started talking to him. And maybe we, the Lord destined that we would know each other in heaven. And so we finally met each other after all these years. And like he said, we've been so many places, so many common experiences. And the Lord just does that. He'll just bring people together for his purposes. And take care of your pastor. Really take care of him. He's very special. And you wouldn't want to lose him. Now, he's not planning on going anywhere, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, us pastors are fragile. Um, I came to the Lord in 1976. From I graduated from Rim High School. I grew up in Running Springs as a baby. And I was born and raised there. And we were rivals of Big Bear. And we came up here. In 1969, we stole the bell from Big Bear. I was in on that. Oh, and by the way, there's Dee Dee yelling. I have, Dee Dee was my good friend in chemistry class with Mr. Lehman, and she sat right across from me. I remembered her because she was blonde and she looked pretty, and, so, and she was kind of a live wire. And I haven't come back to see Dee Dee again since that class when we graduated in 1970. So that's been a long time. And it's great to see you, Dee Dee. And she brought us together with the pastor. And the Lord thought of all that. Thank you. She's from Rim High, too, so you better watch out. And I was thinking, and so the Big Bear people came down and stole our Scott off the wall. And so we're rivals. But Jesus, I want you to know you can accept me this morning because it says that Jesus has broken down the wall of partition between the two. And so the wall is broken between Rim High and Big Bear High. Okay? Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, I graduated. I went to college and got out of college and... and uh, I, gra I accepted the Lord. This is a special day because I accepted the Lord in June of 1974. And in July, at the end of July, I became a missionary. And so this is a special day. That was 43 years ago, and I never quit. And on that day, I didn't know if I wanted to be a school teacher, which I studied for, or, or an interpreter. I studied in the United Nations to be a Spanish-English interpreter. And that day, I received a 
three days before, I received a contract to work for Amador Solis and Associates in Los Angeles as a court interpreter and opened an office in San Bernardino. And I got a contract for $250,000 a year. And I just had to sign it. That was a lot of money back then. In fact, it would be a lot of money now. And I'm a Christian already a month, and I don't know if I should sign this thing. Lord, what should I do? And my high school teacher, Bob Swihart, who led me to Jesus, he took me to a full gospel businessman's meeting. And I don't know if you've ever heard of people that give prophetic words, but he said, young man, come up here. Okay. I liked everything that happened in Christianity when I got saved. I mean, uh, I didn't have any doctrine. I just loved Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? So I go forward, and the guy says, well, I'm going to Argentina, and you're called to go to Argentina, and you need to go with me so you can be my interpreter. And he knew I, what I was doing. I was an interpreter. And I said, well, this guy, I just got out of college. I was a I was a real skeptic. That's what they train you to do in college. You don't believe in anything. And so this guy is just trying to hook me into going with him. So I went and sat down, and he said, come up here again. The Lord gave me something else to tell you. And he said, you just received a business contract in the mail, and you shouldn't sign it. You're supposed to go to Argentina. And so I said, wow, there's a God in heaven, and he speaks to people, and I'm, I'm dropping everything. I'm dropping that 250000 I'm not going to be a school teacher. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve Jesus the rest of my life. And so I went from being a quiet hometown boy. Uh, many of your parents may know who I, my father was, the fire chief for 30 years in Running Springs, and the, the head reserve sheriff, and the director of the water agency, and the director of the sewer department, and the honorary mayor, and I was Bruce's boy, <laughs> and that's how they still know me, and so I go from this quiet little town, and in August, I was in Argentina in the midst of Argentina slipping into chaos with the guerrilla warfare of the Montoneros, and we would go down the streets, uh, uh, and they had police on the, every corner, with machine guns, and they would stop us all the time. And my job as missionary was to haul the loudspeakers for the campaigns that we had out in the field. So I went from a Running Springs boy to the machine gun guards stopping us at checkpoints, get out of the car, take all the equipment out, keep your hands in the air and a machine gun sticking in your face, and I thought, wow, I've never had this happen before. Lord, I need you. And there was a lot of people being killed because they didn't know who was the enemy and they didn't, didn't know who was, the, who was for them and who was against them. They would whistle at us from checkpoints in the car and they would say from a loudspeaker, move your car or in 30 seconds we open fire. I didn't know I was stopped in front of the the army uh, headquarters there and so we moved the car <laughs> and I learned to trust the Lord many times being held up with guns and machine guns and and grenades on our street that had exploded and how many of you know that 
galvanized steel is one of the strongest steel there is. And you go through many battles in your life, and when you go through a battle, you get galvanized, and you get strong in the Lord. And going through that and facing guns and facing people that were being killed and serving the Lord as a young man. Uh, I was 24 years old then, and you get galvanized, and nothing really scares me anymore. We just go into countries. We go in, we go into Russia. We go into Belarus and Moldova, where we live, and we have been starting Bible schools, and we're starting our second church in Andorra, and we started churches in Argentina and, and in America and in Canada, and we're getting excited about this. I mean, the fire of God never burned down. We're getting excited about the Lord. I think the Lord's coming back. And I've never been more excited about it now. And so we've got maybe 20 good years left of socking it to the enemy. And we're pretty excited about it. And I'm losing my hearing. So now I don't have to listen to all the people in the church talking to me. <laughs> I just tell them what to do. So we're going into pre starting two-year Bible schools to put pastors in the pulpit as soon as we can. Because when you go to Latin America or you go to Europe, you know, our, our church was growing in Argentina in the middle of the guerrilla warfare 10,000 people a year. And during the invasion of the Falklands Islands, we grew 20,000 people. And the main pastor, we were one of the eight pastors that pastored those 150,000 people on a circuit. We, we'd go to one place and preach to thousands of people and go to the next place, and we would go into a town of 20,000 people and hold a meeting and we'd start a church there the next month of 5,000 people. And we didn't have leaders. We didn't have people that were prepared. We didn't have, we were putting in people into being pastors that had been Christians for six months because it was better than no pastor. And many of those pastors that Annette and I trained, um, we just, they invited us back. We saw them the first time in 30 years. They paid for our way to go to Rosario, Argentina. Many of those pastors, about 10 of them that we train, are leading pastors in the city today. And so I was just thinking, wherever you sow seeds, in the person next door, in the person that's down the street, in sharing that word with someone at the supermarket, in sharing with your parent, sowing the seeds, they're going to grow. It doesn't matter how long it takes. And, and we're finding people that are coming to the Lord now that we actually having the privilege of bringing them finally to the Lord after 30 years of sowing seed 30 years ago. They're finally coming. So keep sowing seed. Keep plowing the ground. Never give up. And I want to talk just a little bit about the Holy Spirit and his power because we serve a God who is mighty, who is powerful. He is the... He is the one that lives on the inside of us, and greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And he lives in there. He lives in the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I've been around a long time now, 
in the gospel. And I've watched the things that have happened. And I think I would sound a warning like Paul did. He said in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How many of you have been Christians for at least 30 years? Well, that's a lot of you. Okay, you're going to be tracking with me. When we came to the Lord back in the 60s and 70s or maybe the early 80s, there was a move of the Holy Spirit. And this move of the Holy Spirit was all over the earth. And just like Paul said, I didn't come with you to you with words of wisdom. And I've watched the evolution of the church. And we need to go on in the Lord. We need to know the word of the Lord. And, and we get to the point now that I've, I've traveled across the country now from Rochester, New York, out to California. We're going back the end of next week to, uh, to Andorra. And I've, I've watched that church often now is knowing the Greek on this and knowing the Hebrew on that. And I think, I think that that's wonderful, by the way. I studied Greek and Hebrew myself and don't remember any of it. <laughs> and it's not exactly in the power of the Holy Spirit anymore. It's in persuasive words of men. We have, we have changed the power of the Holy Spirit for psychology. And I'm not running down psychology either. I'm not running down anything. When we came to the Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit swept me off the street out of rim high. And the, the, the teacher was saying, Horny, you're going to hell. I thought that was... It, it, it touched my life. I was beginning to wonder if I was going to hell. And I was worried about it. And they were not very politically correct in those days. And they just spoke the truth to us. And I think that the truth is more important than being nice. Um, how many of you can appreciate that? You don't want to have someone speak nice to you when something's going wrong. You want to know the truth. You want to know how to get out of this. And there was a preaching of the power of the Holy Spirit. Why, in, in Running Springs, I don't know what was happening in Big Bear. I think more or less the same thing in the 70s. There's a meeting over here tonight. There's a meeting over here, and there's 20 cars out in front of a house. We're praying for the Holy Spirit. And someone says, well, this person got speaking in tongues. And I said, well, what is that? And this person is giving a prophecy, and this person is doing this. And this person got set free. I tell you, there's power in the Holy Spirit. And Paul, interesting, when he says that, that he is not seeking to speak in persuasive words of human beings, but in power in the Holy Spirit. He had been before on Mars Hill. 
Do you remember he had a confrontation with the Epicureans and he was arguing, Jesus, this God that you're looking for, I have found this God. And at the end of things, he didn't get, he didn't do too well in his preaching on Mars Hill. And it says just a few followed him. And then we go later into 1 Corinthians here, which are also Greeks. And he's speaking to the Greeks. He says, basically, it, it looks like to me, he says, I quit speaking that, that learned stuff and trying to sound smart to you. And I've gone back to preaching in the power and the Holy Spirit and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And when you go out of church, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's not just with you here. Because he lives in the temple. And he's living in there. And we need to be talking to him all the time. You know how you talk to yourself. Well, what are you going to do tomorrow? And you need to be, Lord, what am I going to do now? Where should I go now? Should I walk down the street? Should I stay in the house? Should I read my Bible? We need to be talking to the Holy Spirit all the time. Because he's there in power to move in us. And it brings to mind at this moment, I was walking down the street with one of my elders. We were walking in front of the pool hall. And some guy came out of there. And he fell on the ground, and he had an epileptic fit. And he was shaking all over, and all the people from the pool hall came out. And I thought, this is time to act in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to challenge you to be ready to act. Today, if someone stumbled out of a pool hall, if they have one, in downtown Big Bear, the people, what would the Christians do? Would they stand around? Well, I better call 911. Or maybe I better stand back. I don't want to get involved. No. I thought this is the time to act. And today's the time to act. You need to act on people. You need to act on everything you see. The power of the Holy Spirit's in you and he's waiting to act. And I said, stop shaking in the name of Jesus. He stopped shaking. I said, open your eyes in the name of Jesus. And he opened his eyes. And I said, give me your hand and stand up in the name of Jesus. And he stood up. And my elder was standing on the side of me. And he says to all of the people, would you like to know what you've just seen? And they're just standing there. There was about 20 of them. And he says, you've just seen the power of the Holy Spirit in operation. And he has power to change your lives. And he went on preaching. And I invite you to 495 Maestro Massa y Valentin Gomez where we have a church and you're going to see that power of the Holy Spirit this Sunday at 9.30 in the morning. They were all there. <laughs> There's something about the power of the Holy Spirit that operates through you and to me. And we have to be careful that we haven't changed the power of the Holy Spirit to intellectual Christianity. I think that the church, in my humble observation, is slipping into intellectual Christianity. We live it in our heads. We think it out. It's what we know. It's what they're saying. They say that this, and they say that. And they give us a little bit of Greek, and I give a little bit of Greek. And, of course, we all know a little bit of Greek. He lives down the street, right? <laughs> A little Greek. And it's, it becomes exciting when you walk in the Holy Spirit, not in the realm 
of human thoughts and human mind. Because you can look at a person that's suffering from from addiction, for suffering from from being in a wheelchair, from paralysis, you could think all kinds of things. Like this person needs to go on this program. This person would help. They can call the, the hospital service and they would haul this person around. You know, the devil has numbed our minds into thinking of how we could apply Christianity in an intellectual way where why don't we think, I think that the Holy Spirit's moving me to go over there and pray for that man just like he moved Paul and he moved Silas or Peter and Peter and I don't know, I forgot. That happens when you get 65. <laughs> Amen. They said at the man in the gate, beautiful. What's wrong with you? And they saw that he had faith to be healed. And instead of giving him any solution, they said, give me your hand. Stand up, rise up and walk. And he stood up and rose up and walked, started praising and glorifying God. And how many opportunities do we miss because our minds are numb? We need to move into the power of the Holy Spirit again. In Second in Timothy, in chapter 1, and in verse 7, it's, it, it points out there in verses 6 and 7, stir up the gifts that were given to you by the laying on of hands. You all have gifts. And, you, you know, you've all been to a campfire. After it burns an hour, you've got to stir that thing up to keep the flames going. And we've got to stir up our lives. We've got to seek the Lord. We've got to press in. We've got to believe. Is there anything impos- impossible for the Lord? And it, and it doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are. You know what Swith, Smith Wigglesworth said. He was 80 years old. And people were getting healed. And people were, were getting healed from their hearing. And he had a big horn sticking out the side of his head. And he would say, what's wrong with you? And he would listen with his horn. And he couldn't hear him, so his daughter would help him. And some guy says, Wigglesworth, how could you heal anybody? You're sick yourself. And Wigglesworth looks down and says, it doesn't matter how old the truck is you're driving, but the load that it's carrying. Amen? And see, the power is of God. The excellency and the glory is of God. And he lives in you and he works in you. And we can turn Big Bear and Running Springs and the whole mountaintop upside down if we will begin to seek the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us and seek the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And as we go into the Holy Spirit, we can begin to say, Oh, Holy Spirit, you are all powerful. What could I do to move in this situation? What do you see? What do you do when you see an accident on the road? Well, get out and get in there. And if they'll let you pray over that person. I mean, it is exciting. We came through the tunnel going from Barcelona to Andorra. And a a truck had come down the wrong way on the freeway. And he had a car underneath. And the whole freeway came to a stand. So this truck comes driving down the road. And there's about 300 people out there. And they're yelling, there's a car under the truck. There's a car under the truck. And it was burning and in flame. And it came to stop right in front of Annette and I. And the kid, our kids were standing there. And I said, Lord, this looks like this one's for me. 
what would you think if the accident came to stop at your feet? You wouldn't call 9-11. Say, this one's for me, Lord. I've got it in the name of Jesus. Let's go into action. Amen? And so I got under the truck, and I got into the car, and there was no floor left on the car because it was worn off under the truck. And the gasoline was running, and I said, okay, this looks like I may go. So I counted my value, and I was ready to lay down my life and die. And just a second it happened. Say, I'm ready, Lord. So I got in there and started praying for him. The people were yelling, it's a priest. It's a priest. He's in there praying for him. <laughs> you know, there's Catholicism over there, but we're, we're trying to win the battle and bring people to Jesus. And so they don't know what a pastor is. So I laid hands on him and prayed for him. He was conscious, and we couldn't get him out of there. And, and finally, after a while, the fire department got there, and they pulled him out with the jaws. And I called the fire department up, and I found out where he was and what hospital, and I w went down there. And I called his wife. They gave me the phone number and said, Are you that man that was in praying with my husband? Come down to the hospital room. So we led him to Jesus in the hospital room. Praise the Lord. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit in you, and we got lots of accidents to practice up here on the mountain, don't we? That I mean, happen all the time. <laughs> the power of the Holy Spirit lives in you to turn this place upside down for Jesus. And we need to let him loose. And we need to get out of intellectual Christianity. And we can study, and we can study, and we can read, and that's very necessary that we can get so full of the Word that it's like a baby. You remember Amy Grant's song years ago, A Fat, Fat Baby? You know, you can, we can get so fat on the Word and we just become seers, but we don't become doers. And we get fat. We need to give out, give out, give out. And I believe, you know, I came in here and the first thing I said to Annette, these are mountain people. <laughs> you know, you smell like mountain people. I, you, don't, you don't smell bad. But there's just a sense, a, a smell, if you grew up in the mountains, you know what you get among mountain people what we're like boy we're we're fighters aren't we we've seen a lot of stuff and we're ready to take the power of the holy spirit and turn the world upside down for jesus and the older you get the better you get look at moses he didn't do anything till he was 80 years old and abraham and jacob Every great man of God did the greatest things in their life when they were older because they knew that the excellency of the power was not of them, but of Christ in them, of the power of the Holy Spirit in them. And when we can get out of the way and we can let the Holy Spirit flow in us, he'll, he'll turn this place upside down. And so we're all of great use. It's like my high school um, algebra teacher, Barney Lossing. I was getting F grades from him. And he looks at me and he says, and my mom on visitation day, he says, look, it's never too late to change. 
It's only too late when you're dead. And so it's never too late to move into the power. Do you remember Barney Lossing? Um, um, never too late to move into the power of the Holy Spirit to go home and to say, Lord, what, I, I want to I release the power of the Holy Spirit in me, in the church, in my neighbor, in this town, in the cashier. I want to see that cashier. We were with her. I've got to quit, don't I? I was just getting started. I want to pray for you afterwards if you'd like to be prayed for, but not in the service. We were with her brother. Uh, her brother's a pastor in South Africa. And we walked through the cashier, and her brother goes, is there anything I can pray for you? Simple as that. She said, you can pray for my leg. Look, I've got this crutch here. It doesn't work. And he just said, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would heal her leg. A little bit, she gets up, says, look at this. Leaves her crutch shirt. My leg is healed. She calls three other of the cashiers. They close their cashier drawers, and they walk out in the parking lot. You've got to pray for all of us. <laughs> and the Lord healed all, healed all three of them, and they were asking, where's your church at? The Lord heals the Lord saves. All of the gift of the Holy Spirit are working and alive in this body today, and he wants you to release him to work and to concentrate on the act. The whole book of Acts are the acts of the Holy Spirit. And through the acts of the Holy Spirit, there was young and there was old people, and they started under the book of Acts, whole towns and whole cities were transformed. There was people, one lady that sold purple and, uh, or, and violet cloth. She was used to change a whole city. And there were people that will never be the same. And there's people in this room, and we will never be the same. Because the Holy Spirit touched us through some other person. They said the right word at the right time. And God wants to use you. He wants to use you. You're very important to the Lord. And so I believe that he wants to use us. Annette and I, at this time, we've got a little bit of wisdom now that, that we're this age. And to, to start Bible schools in, in Argentina and in Europe, we're doing what we can. That book. Maybe it was Operation World. I don't know what you looked in, Pastor. It's obsolete. It says there's 300 Christians in Andorra. I can practically count them for you and tell you what their names are. We've got three churches in Andorra. There's our church, the one we started, and there's the Church of the Brethren. And the Church of the Brethren has 25 people. The one we started before has about 30 people, and the one we have now has about 40 people, and that's all. It's a transient type of community. People come and go all, also. In the Western world, we're not growing. We need to grow. And inside of you and me is the power that will turn this world upside down for Jesus. And we need to get our boots back on. We need to get out there in the street and beat those highways and those byways, and we need to release the power of the Holy Spirit in us every place we go. Lord, what can I say to this person? Well, he'll think I'm a fanatic. Don't worry, he already thinks you are. And, and just release the power of the Holy Spirit wherever you go, 
And when the Holy Spirit is released through your life, all kinds of things begin to happen. And so I want to pray. I want to ask for your prayers. I want to thank you and your pastor that he allowed me to come in. I, it's a special day for me, I told you. It was in the end of July that I gave up everything. And I went to Argentina, and I was Argentina in August. And I gave my life to serve the Lord 43 years ago. And so now I'm back here where I started 43 years later, telling you what the Lord did in my life. The Lord is great. The Lord is wonderful. I wouldn't change it for anything. I, I never got rich. I never got $250,000. I just live by faith. I'm with Elam Missions, but I don't have... My support just goes from day to day. If the Lord tells me to go, I go. We bought a ticket here to Rochester, New York, and one from return from Los Angeles. And we said, Lord, you need to get us across the country. We don't know how we're going to do it. We had a few hundred dollars in our pocket. And they tell me that we shouldn't live like that, that it's not responsible. I tell you, the, the Holy Spirit... The Lord Jesus Christ is the most responsible person you ever heard of. He'll never let me down. He'll never, he'll never forget me. He'll never forsake me. He'll never let me go with need. I've gone three or four days without food, and I needed it. <laughs> and I fasted, and I prayed, and I tell you, the Lord is great. I've come to believe that I can do anything with nothing now in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I, I just want to ask you'd pray with me that we would stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit working through our lives and we would become a tremendously powerful army here in Big Bear to turn this world upside down for Jesus. Would you stand with me for prayer? And then if you have any particular need afterwards, the pastor said I could pray for you. And you could come up here, and I'd be glad to pray all day. I don't care. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this church. I thank you for its leaders. I thank you for the men you've raised up here, and the pastor and his wife. I thank you for the people that I've met. I thank you for Didi, who connected us. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for everybody. I thank you for all the things that have led me to give up everything for you, Lord, over the years. And I thank you for being back on the mountaintop this day that I left the mountaintop 43 years ago. You've done a lot, Lord. And I want to pray for everybody here now that you would stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit that has died down. I pray that you would scare, stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit in the person who is sick here, in the person who's in a wheelchair, in the person who is walking, in the person who is suffering depression, who is, who is suffering other things that are doing things in their mind, people that are losing their mind. Father, the power of the Holy Spirit able to renew us, is able to nerve us is able to make that which is old and tired 
be renewed day by day. And even though the outside is getting old, you're able to renew us from the inside by the power of the Holy Spirit and cause our memory to come back and cause our ambulatory abilities to come back, to be able to walk, to cause us to gain total dominion and authority over that which we have not been able to father because you are powerful because you are working in us and we pray that this morning you would be released in us in your fullness in your glory in your beauty beauty that 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 one glorious church that is without spot and without wrinkle would be a glorious church here in this very church and it is the Holy Spirit who makes us that way, who burns as white hot fire and burns out the impurities. You do the work. We don't do the work. We just yield ourselves, Lord. Come in and work in us. Renew us. Raise us up. Give us health for our sickness. Give us a sharp mind for our dead mind. Father, flow with this again in the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We believe that this is the day that our lives are going to change. We know you, we've walked with you, and we have a hunger and a thirst, not only for righteousness, but for the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives from the deepest, most part where he lives. We thank you, Lord, that today we are being renewed. We are being called. We are being sent. We thank you that people are going to feel the call of the Holy Spirit to go out and to serve you to the ends of the earth, just like you called me. That missionary calling, Father, is on us this morning. And I believe that some people are deciding, yeah, I need to go out and serve the Lord. And others are being called to, to stand up and to rise up and to give it all for Jesus. And some of you, the Lord is touching. You've been wondering like I was wondering. You've been wondering like I was wondering, should I serve this job? Should I do this? Should I do this? And you're taking the option this morning. No, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. So I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this precious church here and congregation, for every one of those people that you have chosen out of the world to be here this morning. We pray for your blessing, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Mike, would you mind stacking these chairs? We're going to have some, you can go ahead and be seated for just a minute. We're going to have some prayer time, and we're going to open up some space at the altar, if you wouldn't mind. Just stack them and maybe slide them over there. Someone's tell David, you want to help maybe? Um, when Jesus was crucified, he rose from the dead. He walked with he walked on the earth for 40 days. He was with his disciples, about to ascend into heaven. And he, told, he gave the great commission to the disciples. You're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature, everyone. He said, but, but wait until you're endued with power from on high and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Okay, why did they have to wait? Jesus immediately went to heaven. Amen. He had died rose again, the blood was spilled, the debt was paid, and he went to heaven. Why did we have to wait? We had to wait so he understood that the Holy Spirit was in addition to our salvation. That there was something that was there for every believer, and that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So they waited 10 days, and they went into a room 
probably about this size, maybe a little bit smaller, with 120 people packed inside of it. And they prayed and they sought God. And they waited and they didn't even know what they were waiting for. Because Jesus said, go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Well, they had heard about the Holy Spirit, but they didn't know what this was going to be. And so they had a 10-day prayer meeting that, where they were just waiting on this Holy Spirit. And, and some people uh, believe that, that there is nothing else, that when you get saved, that's it. But the Bible clearly teaches us that the Holy Spirit, baptism with power, is, is for those who ask and seek and keep asking. In Luke chapter 11, it says, which of you who, uh, you who has a friend, this is Jesus speaking, before he was resurrected, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine who's arrived on a journey. I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, don't bother me. The door is shut. My children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend. Amen? You come to my house at 3 in the morning and ask for bread, you're out of luck. <laughs> That's what he's saying, right? Bread? Now? Uh-uh. You know, Stater's opens at 6. <laughs> I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet, because of his impudence, he will arise and give him whatever he needs. In other words, because he keeps knocking. And he won't go away. My dog starts barking in the morning, just woof, to tell me to let her out. I found out that when I'm not home, she doesn't bark. She knows that I'm the only one who will get out of bed and let her out. (laughs) When I was in Mexico, all my kids, everyone says, she doesn't bark until you're home. And she won't stop barking. Woof. About 30 seconds later, woof. I don't get up and let her out because I love her. I get up because she won't stop barking. He will arise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, this is Jesus, ask and it will be given to you. And so not just once, keep asking. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Keep seeking. Knock, keep knocking, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now we've heard this and we're like, yes, this is about praying for whatever you want to pray for. And it says, but listen to this. It says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Amen. Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. We have to ask. I want the Holy Spirit. Well, if it's part of our salvation, why on earth do we have to ask? Because God wants to baptize us like He did in Acts and all the way through Acts with the Holy Spirit in power for evangelism to glorify God. And it's something we just need to say, God, I want your Holy Spirit. A long time ago, I, I just felt like God, God showed this to me when I was first uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and was talking to other people. And there was these people, I'd come up to people and say, well, you know, I don't know about this Holy Spirit. And I said, just simple, simplest. If there is something more of God that you don't have, do you want it? <laughs> then we say, God, if there's, if there's something I'm not walking in, I'm not walking in the power of God. I'm not walking in freedom. I'm not walking in whatever. I want it. 
So we're going we're gonna to pray for, some, for anyone who wants to receive prayer. Just, you know, we're not going to expect anything crazy to happen. You know, we're just going to pray for people. We're going to agree with you as you come forward to pray. And we don't do a lot of altar calls, but mainly because we don't really have a lot of room up here. But we're going to just ask people to come forward. So we're going to close in, in just a minute. And, and, and we're, we're going to close the service. Um, I am going to ask um, to, uh, we're going to receive an offering as you go. And so we're going to ask one of the ushers or somebody, uh, if they'll get one of the baskets, just stay at the back of the sanctuary after you've received prayer for someone who's not receiving prayer. And just if you want to give an offering into uh, the ministry in Andorra, and, and just you can do that. But we're going to focus on praying. Now, if, if, if we're praying and you feel like it's time to leave, just sneak out quietly. We're just going to spend the next however long praying for people. We're going to ask anyone who wants to, to just come forward. And, and the coming forward part is to say, you know what? I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of anything. I want the Holy Spirit. I want whatever you have for me, God. And we're just going to just pray. And we'll just, and if there's anything specific, we'll pray for you for that too. So in just a minute, when I make the call to come forward, if you feel like you're done, you can just go ahead and be blessed and go on. And, and we'll see you next week because you know, so we might be up here for an hour or two. We might be up here for 10 minutes. I mean, we'll stay as long as there's people who want, want prayer, okay? So we're, gonna, we're just going to begin to um, just, just uh, and Robert's going to come and just lead, you know, lead us in a little worship in the background. And, and, um, but we're going to just seal this time, and we're just going to ask you to come forward, anyone who wants to. Father, we thank you. Your word is true. Father, you, um, you sent Jesus to die for us. He died. He rose again. And then he told us that he wouldn't leave us as orphans, that he would send a comforter. And you told the disciples to wait until they received power from on high, the Holy Spirit. And the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out was the birth of the New Testament church. Throughout the book of Acts, we see Holy Spirit working in the believer's life, God. And we see the Holy Spirit working in our lives, God. And there's a lot of things we don't understand. Intellectually, the whole idea of healings and, and, and baptism and the Holy Spirit and crazy stuff is, is crazy to us. But God, just as in Acts, the world may accuse us of being drunk. But God, we just want to have everything that you have for us. Father, the Holy Spirit wants to come, I believe today, to set us free, to give us power. To, to, to empower us to evangelize, to empower us to, to lay hands on the sick, to give us gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. Father, we thank you for this time in the Word and this time at church. is a little different than normal. We just, God asks now that as we, we come, that you would meet us. And we, we're going to continue to ask, even as, as the Word says in Luke 11. We're going to keep asking and knocking and seeking until we are filled with the Holy Spirit till we know, God, and we're walking in the power that you have for us. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this, this amazing morning. We pray a blessing upon Stephen and Ed as they're going to leave from here today and should bless their ministry, all that they're doing. But, Lord, I pray that you would also bless each of our individual ministries in this room because each of us have one, a ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. So now we just say, Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Ask Steve and Annette to come, and Joe, and Mike, and we're just going to pray for people. Hallelujah. 
If you want prayer today, you just want to come and, and just, just, just say, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. If there's something more, I want it. I want it. And like I said, when you feel that you're done praying, you're dismissed. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah.